Welcome to Lax Historical Context. I'm Sean. I'm Sasha. And uh, I think this is the first episode of the new year that was actually recorded in the new year. Yes, it is. And we have an appropriate theme because we believe in all of you. In your resolutions. I believe in nobody and your no goals, one's resolutions. In optimism. Sasha's no, a hater. I am a hater. I don't believe in any optimism. <laughs> Yet she wears her Patrick Mahomes jersey as if okay, she thinks her win. I have optimism in that <laughs> sense. However, like nobody really does their New Year's resolutions. If I I mean, I did go to the gym most of last week. Yeah. I didn't go on Saturday last week. No. I mean, that's a weekend, though. I didn't go sa- I didn't go yesterday. Weekends are immune from yeah, New Year's resolutions. Yeah, I really should go today, but I don't think I'm going to. I mean, it's 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 noon. Uh-huh. We're going to be in the studio here for a couple of hours. Yeah. And there's football on. Yeah, but I see. I think I, <laughs> I might... feel like if you were going to go, you would have gone already. No, you know what I did instead? <laughs> I went to in and out and, <laughs> uh, Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Well, because, like, I don't know if you guys have any outs where you're listening, but, like, the line gets intense. It's un- it's unjustifiably long, yeah. actually. And so, like, In-N-Out opens up at 1030. So I was like, dude, In-N-Out just opened. The line's probably going to be okay. And it was. And so wow. uh, I got my, yeah. I'm going to go with a brunch. Brunch? Double-double? <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. just a single. Okay. I, I don't do the doubles and then animal fries. Okay. It was delicious. You may as well do a double-double if you're going to do animal fries. I mean, but I I just like the the fake cheese and the sauce. Yeah. I like the sauce. The burgers are good. I I have... Their fries are shit. In the last year or so, I've really come down hard on those fries. I I used to like them, and then I just... One day, it was just like, no, why? I I don't know. They've never had good fries. I just feel like... You need to get the animal fries to put the spread all over them and stuff to, like, (laughs) counteract... The grossness of them. Anyway, this is not a review your local in and out podcast. No. This is a history and booze podcast. So, today's today's topic, yeah. I guess, for the resolution thing, we're doing diets from history. Yes. Uh as much as these can be called diets from our our pre recording. Yeah, I'm gonna conversation. go with like lifestyle Yeah. Yeah. Cho- choices. Yeah. My mine is le- less a diet and more how one should consume food. Oh, I think I know what yours is, and it gets me pretty excited. Yeah. So in that vein, I decided let's do a beer, light beer taste test. Yeah. So we have two large glasses, one large glass, one small glass. Yeah. Just so I know which one we're trying. So (laughs) I have, because, you know, I love Bud Light Platinum. Yes. It is like my jam. So in one of these glasses is Bud Light Platinum. And in the other is just Bud Light. So oh, we fuck. have, <laughs> you have to tell the difference. Bud Light is 110 calories for 12 ounces. Okay. And it is, comes in at a 4.2 ABV. Okay. Whereas Bud Light Platinum is 135 calories per 12 ounces and comes in at a 6% ABV. Okay. So it's a little, so their premier beer is approaching basic beer, beer. of yeah. other companies. Yeah. Okay. So we're gonna try this. Originally, I wanted to do. There's a like a. I'm gonna try this. The big one first. I'm gonna try the big one first. Okay. Well, actually, I'm I'm gonna pick them both up. Um, you can tell the difference between color. Like, I feel like one's one is like yellower. I would say. I think I can already tell. 
We're smelling. Is Bud Light in the small glass? It is not. <laughs> it is not. Okay. Uh huh. So Bud Light Platinum smells more like bubble gum to me than regular Bud Light does. <laughs> I don't think that smells like bubble gum. I got questions about the bubble gum you're chewing. Uh, it's always tasted or not tasted. Smelled like the uh, the big league chew. I don't think it t- smells like that. So t- mm. taste it. Still tastes very flat. Oh. Uh, like. <sighs> it tastes like if beer were a flavor and Bud Light were a one, it tastes like somebody turned it up to like a three. Yeah, but I mean. <laughs> it's, it's. Compared. It's, okay, compared no, to it's Bud like, Light though. It's like Bud Light, but a little more pronounced. Would you drink this over a Bud Light though? Because well, it's the. It's, yeah. It's 50. It's, 25 extra calories. It still doesn't taste very good. <laughs> yeah, but if you're only going to be drinking light beers. Which is which is insane I a guess, lot. Because but... what I really wanted to try, but I couldn't find it, and I didn't really search that hard, is um, <laughs> Firestone Walker just came out with a new uh, hazy light beer. So uh-huh. it's a hazy, but it's 95 calories. Really? I didn't get an ABV level on it, but... Um, 3.4. Probably, but I wanted to get that, and now I just want to pour the Bud Light in I it. mean, you may as well. They ta- like they legitimately taste exactly the same. I don't think they just, do. The flavor is just a little more present in the Platinum. See, I just like Platinum because they're 6%, and they're like a quote-unquote light beer, so I feel like... Because let's be real. I don't drink beer for the taste. I drink beer. You drink to get fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, I do. See, and I, like, in more recent years, I've come around to the other way. I drink I drink more for enjoyment. Now let me double fist my two light beers. <laughs> <laughs> While you tell us about your diet? Yeah. Actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my beers down because they're <laughs> making my hands cold. Um, I'll keep my Bud Light Platinum. Thank you very much. This is... Uh... I like how we're drinking out of a glass called Unibrow, by the way. Yeah, which is a very fancy beer brand and very good. Yeah. We're drinking this shit beer out of very nice bar yeah, glassware. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're drinking very shitty beer mm-hmm. out of glasses for very nice beers. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you've lost your rights to ever go to either of these places again. Um, No, I'm going to go there and I'm going to enjoy, but I'm also going to enjoy my Bud Light Platinum because I got a six pack. So I know what I'm drinking this week. Oh, 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 that one's a high roller. And, you know, again, this is horrible. Don't live by my example, but I'm trying not to eat as much. And you know how I know I've achieved that throughout the day? If I go home and have a beer and get a little buzz, <laughs> I'm like, ah, I didn't have enough ah, calories today. Self-starvation <laughs> for easy buzzes. I'm like, yeah. All right, now I'm going to go to bed because I have zero energy. <laughs> I will say, those times where I'm like aiming to get drunk, mm-hmm. I will do that. I'll be like, I'm not going to eat today. I want to be fucked up. And if then, I eat now, that will delay the fuck up it later. And it just makes drunk munchies even better because you hadn't eaten all day you've just been drinking and then like six beers in you're like pizza yeah you're just like motherfucker (laughs) like i don't know what the best thing ever this is the best pizza i've ever had Uh it's a burger it's the best pizza burger (laughs) i've ever had like i need like five more of these 
and six more beers. But um, I'm trying not to do that as much these uh-huh. days, okay. despite drinking like two bottles of wine last night. Mm. But wine's healthy. It's grapes. <laughs> <laughs> Some slight modifications to that recipe, but okay. <laughs> yeah. Tell us uh, mainly grapes. <laughs> tell us about your diet there, Sasha. All right. So. I am doing. I'm going to talk to you guys about uh, Sylvester Graham, or oh, that's right. You have been wanting to talk about this, yeah, probably as long as we've had this podcast. So originally, I really wanted to do the Kellogg brothers, but there's there's more of a weird family feud. So I'm going to get some historical context for Sylvester Graham. What? We I don't know. do that here. New Year, look new at the us. name. New Year, new us. <laughs> so. Sylvester Graham was born July 5th, 1794, the youngest of 17 children. Good. Wait, 17 that survived? Yeah, I think they all survived. Motherfucker. So, They're um, aware that you can stop having sex, right? No. <laughs> and that's a, that's a well sort of. His father had 10 children with his first wife, then married again and had seven children with his second wife. And that was Sylvester's mom. Just going to throw this out there. If I were that guy on the second wife, maybe you look for a woman that doesn't want kids. Or is like barren. Yeah. Yeah. You're but like, I already have he was a He was a man of God. So, you know, he oh, needed he was to procreate. Be, yeah. He had yeah. to be fruitful and multiply. Yeah. So uh, Sylvester was born. And then two years later. Uh, his father died at the ripe old age of 74. Of exhaustion? Yeah, but he was 74. <laughs> that means he had the bait, like... The youngest when he was 72. 72. His wife was in the, do, her do 40s. You, do you know it. the age difference between the youngest and the oldest of this brood? Well, well not of the... Not of the... I think the youngest, the oldest, was like 12 or something. And then that's of the seven. Oh, okay. And then I, I was like, holy fuck. And then the first 10 from the first wife were yeah. all like full grown adults by the time he had okay. the second set. The second the set. The second set. Yeah. Set of children. <laughs> so um, when Sylvester's dad died, Sylvester's mom basically lost her shit. And so he was handed off to relatives and neighbors. So he really didn't have a stable home life. Um. I mean, even if he'd stayed home yeah, with all those kids. <laughs> and so uh, all of Sylvester's siblings from the first, uh, his step-siblings, were all married by the time the father died. And they were all, like, wealthy and well-to-do. Uh-huh. Um, but they didn't really want anything to do with the uh, seven younger siblings because it's the stepmom and the stepkids. Like, I don't owe step-sibling shit. Yeah. <laughs> That, and you know what? Fair. Yeah. Like I, I mean, I didn't tell dad he should bang somebody into his seventies. <laughs> I think I stood against that one. <laughs> so I, not my problem. I think. Uh-huh. <laughs> Could be wrong. You never know. So uh, Sylvester's early years were basically trying and failing at various occupations. He seemed to be very sickly, and he also suffered from what modern day doctors would probably label as depression. But, you know, he labeled it as, like, the sads or whatever. Yeah. Don't forget about how sads I am. Guys. Yeah. Um, so he married a lady who nursed him back to health, and they had two kids together. Uh, then one night when he was out with his friends, um, he was he 
was uh didn't drink what's that word temperance yeah he's <laughs> he yeah that word temperance. <laughs> I'm, I'm not even gonna answer your question yeah. now because of the dumbass look you're giving me just the huh? yeah, uh, you know what I'm talking waving about. your hand in yeah. the air conjure the word Sean. so he liked hanging out with his buds but he was like oh, you know what guys if we're going out tonight let's say no drinking which means he's the lamest motherfucker that ever was. Has he ever heard of a designated driver? Uh-huh. And so his friends were like, yeah, sure, Sylvester. Yeah, we won't drink. And then they promptly get to this bar and they start drinking. And Sylvester like throws a little fit. Wee. And is like, how dare we drink? Blah, blah, blah. Booze bad. Blah, blah, blah. And so everybody's like, well, damn, he means it. And that is like... When he realized that his passion was becoming a leader for the temperance movement. Dun, dun, dun. Dun. So this, is, this is like a super villain origin story. I know. Uh, he's kind of the worst. <laughs> um, so he accepted a job as the head of the Philadelphia Temperance Society um, and then left six months later to start lecturing about people's health. So Philly at the time was like, a preeminent location for the medical field, I yeah. guess. And still yep. is, because isn't that where Johns Hopkins is? I th No, I think Johns Hopkins is in Baltimore. Oh, yeah, you're right. It is in Baltimore. But anyway, Philly was big. <laughs> it was big back in the day, guys. It was big. Not so much anymore. I it's mean, always it's still, sunny there, though. It's still kind of big. I've, no, it's, I've it's, gone there It's before. big. It's big. Yeah. It's a big deal. So what is he lecturing about, you might, might ask yourself? What does this nerd... Not even a nerd, because nerd implies he had education and schooling. Yeah. At this at this point in time, I actually heard the other day, fun little side note, the original definition of nerd is someone whose IQ was greater than their weight. Huh. Yeah. It was supposed to mean like the skinny weaklings who were really smart. I see. Apparently what it was. At this, at this point in time, nerd. he may as well have been that. I am not. I am not. My IQ is not as high as my weight. Uh, <laughs> don't know if it comes that high. Uh, <laughs> so what was he lecturing about? Well, he thought that sexual desire was the root of all evil in modern society. And he thought that people should remain abstinent uh, in order to help with this. And in order to help remaining abstinent, they should not eat meat. Because meat makes you horny. Um, <laughs> this guy sounds like a total drip at parties. Uh -huh. And you should also not drink because I get that one. Like everybody gets a little flirty when they're drunk. <laughs> so yeah, I get that. Uh, people basically thought it was a good idea. The ones who were already in the temperance movement were like, yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. Extension of Why what we're already not? trying to do. Yeah. yeah. And they started following his doctrine. Uh, to add to all of this, he also believed that people needed to stop relying on commercially made foods. So this was in the 1830s, and this is when you see the shift from making like bread in your home to going to a bakery. Yeah, 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 yeah. To the market. To the market, and he didn't like that. He thought basically people needed to start making their own bread again, 
like how it was when he was a kid. So he was idealizing <laughs> his past, despite the fact that his mom only made bread for him for like two years before she lost her shit. Right. So I don't understand how he's idealizing this past. Okay. Um, because, because he didn't get it. He wants everyone else to have it. Yeah. So another thing he hated was refined flour from like Ohio's where a lot of refined <laughs> flours come from. From Ohio. Specifically, Specifically from, from Ohio. Ohio. It is. In all the books I read, it was very much like, it's from Ohio, guys. I'm like, okay. He's like those motherfucking Ohioans, man. Uh-huh. If, if he were alive today and he saw a football game and the players were like, the Ohio State University, he'd fly into a fucking raid. He would. And so he's, he called for people to make bread in their homes of whole wheat flour. And he called that graham bread. And he was like, everybody, make your graham bread at home. Is, is, did, so did he go on to like found Herbalife or something? I, like, I feel wh- like he did. <laughs> when um, did he change his name to Karen? <laughs> <laughs> um, so the so and this is where we actually get graham crackers from. Uh, is from his desire to have us eat whole wheat and make stuff at home. And I love the irony that graham crackers today are full of sugar and manufactured yeah. like yeah. crazy. This is amazing. Part of me really hopes that yeah. like. The one plant that makes them is in fucking Ohio. <laughs> yeah, the, like <laughs> their their factories in Ohio. Yeah, like Dayton, Ohio. No, the center point of Columbus. Yeah, the economy of that state is built on fucking with this guy. Additionally, with his health beliefs, he also didn't believe in spices, sugar, anything. So he's really. aware that if you don't process meat, it goes bad, which is why you use spices. Yeah, but to if you're, cover but that if you're not eating meat, it doesn't matter. Oh, that's true. That's true. Because veg- he part. believes in vegetarianism. I, I got focused on the processed part. And that's he right. believes in not having sex, and he believes in no alcohol. But, of course, later on... This he, man is the human equivalent of a lettuce wrap. Yeah. That's what no, he is. He's a lettuce wrap without the insides. He's just lettuce. He's, he's lettuce around lettuce. And if you're feeling real brave and spicy, mayonnaise. <laughs> no, he was probably against mayonnaise too. Onions. It's too spicy, man. <laughs> um, and so that's basically what Graham did. He started wellness centers, and there were like Graham hotels where you could stay in, like, you know, like a not, health camp, not like a have fit sex. camp. Yeah, not have sex and not do anything. This was all well and good. <laughs> Towards the end of his life, he got sick again, and he's like, "I'm gonna try eating meat and drinking and having sex." <laughs> So he gave up his own lifestyle towards the end of his life. That's good. Yeah. That's, that's good. <laughs> but also a hypocritical of him. I wonder if he was sick because he didn't. He spent his whole life not getting protein I or mean, fun. <laughs> I, I don't understand what like vegetarians of the 1800s ate for their protein because like soy, like tofu and soy wasn't like a thing in yeah. the United States back then. Like. Yeah. There's very little protein to be found outside of meats. And I can't, like, imagine having a woman be a vegetarian because, like, we need iron. Right. Real bad. Yeah. Like, that. that's the part that blows my mind. You can get some iron from spinach. Yeah. But at this point in time, that shit was regional. Yeah. Unless like, you lived near where spinach grew, you didn't get spinach. So I would just like to call out all vegetarians currently who think they're making a huge sacrifice. Go back to the 1800s yeah. and be a vegetarian and yeah. see how that would works out for you. Yeah. Drink your isopure. 
Uh-huh. You are not giving shit up. But Graham would have fit right in with today's culture. Let's yeah. be vegetarians and only eat what we can make. <laughs> Fuck. But anyway. Did he found Portland? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> uh, so originally I did want to talk about the Kellogg brothers. So I thought I'd do a little like afterthought about the Kellogg brothers. Okay. So they believed in Graham's diet and lifestyle. Well, the one Kellogg brother did. John Harvey Kellogg did. Okay. Um. So we probably wouldn't have the Kellogg brothers if it wasn't for Graham. So Kellogg made the original cereal after he tried to rip off a recipe made by James Caleb Jackson, who wanted to make a whole grain cereal that was easy to make and that could be stored kind of going off the idea of Graham's whole wheat, whole grain situation. So James Caleb Jackson's invention was called granula or granola. Um, and so he made that. And so Kellogg tried to like rip it off. And then there was a big court battle because they were like, I already do this. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not your thing. This is a thing this for is me. This is a thing for me. Yeah, it has been. Yeah. Um, and so both James Caleb Jackson and Graham, for a very short period of time for Graham, were Seventh-day Adventists. And so that's how this also all came to be. Really? Yeah. The no sex, it all makes sense. Because Seventh-day Adventists um in theory are supposed to be pretty abstinent which makes you wonder how they get more of them interesting (laughs) yeah so then kellogg was like fine f you i'm gonna flatten my things and i'm gonna like make it different and look different and it's gonna be like granola but it's flat Ooh. and you gotta put (laughs) milk on it um and so that's how Kellogg got their, his start. Um, later on, he put his brother in charge of the factory and in charge of the cereal business, which um, is another another tale. Yeah. But he really fucked his brother over. Did he really? The younger brother fucked the older brother over. Real hardcore. <laughs> well, I mean, you know what? That doesn't, yeah. that doesn't surprise me to hear. So um, I got my sources for this were sex, diet, and... <clears throat> I don't think that word is what it was supposed to be. Uh, ooh, ooh, what word is it? Let's see if we can figure out what it's supposed to be. Bedability. No idea. No, no Bability. idea. Bability in Jacksonian America by Stephen Nisbaum. And that one is all about like Graham and his life okay. and how it confers with Jacksonian ideals. And then the destroying angel, sex, fitness, and food in the legacy of degeneracy theory, graham crackers, Kellogg's cornflakes, and the American health history by John Money. John Money? Uh-huh. That's kind of a cool name. It is a cool name. Wow. Uh, so that's my little thing about Graham. He was a vegetarian who didn't drink. Yeah. That's, that, that's good stuff, though. A boring human being, if there ever was one. Yeah. I'm sorry if you're a vegetarian and you don't drink. Why are you listening to us? The guy to must have ruined every party he ever attended. <laughs> yeah, like, could you imagine? Like, I like hanging out with Sylvester, but he says we can't drink. Or, like, have sex. Uh-huh. Or eat but meat. But he somehow has two kids. <laughs> Well, it was necessary for procreation. But I mean, also... He didn't enjoy that. If I was one of 17, I'd be like, yeah, people shouldn't fuck. <laughs> like, nah. Fair enough. Like, you should probably wait. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you're up, bro, and I think I know what your topic is. Yeah, so let's just jump right into it. 
My 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 diet, if one can call it that, is uh, is Fletcherism. <laughs> is that what you were thinking it was? Yeah, yeah. not not Jessica Fletcherism. You're not solving murders in <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Cabot Cove. <laughs> no. So this is like I said, it's less a diet and more of like a dietary process. I yeah, guess. I guess is how I describe it. Or like it's, it's, it's more like you a. You know what? It's disgusting. It's you've more ever... of a how to eat <laughs> yeah. than what to eat. But anyway. It was quote unquote created <laughs> by by a man named Horace Fletcher, who was born on August tenth, eighteen forty nine, in Lawrence, Massachusetts. Yay! Um, now, the story really begins in like the early nineteen hundreds. So he was already pretty old guy. Yeah. Uh, and he was, according to the sources that I read, and I'm going to paraphrase the the combinations here. We would today call him a lard-ass motherfucker. <laughs> oh, he was a fatty, fatty, boobalatty? He, he, he was, like, morbidly crazy obese. Is Taft like, ooh, he needs to lose some weight? <laughs> <laughs> so he devised the system known as Fletcherism, which came to be known as Fletcherizing. Um, and, and it sounds like... It sounds... Th- it sounds dirty. It sounds not as bad as it is <laughs> because it's awful. The basic idea behind it all is that you... Chew your food mm-hmm. until it is liquefied. A <laughs> hundred times, right? Yeah, yeah. The baseline was like a minimum of a hundred chews. But if it was liquid, that is the only time you were allowed to swallow it. And even if you were just drinking something, you should still go through the chewing motion. Oh, really? To properly mix it with your saliva. Oh, let me chew this beer real quick. <laughs> right? I'll be right back. And only then should you swallow it. Any food in your mouth not properly liquefied or that still has any flavor... You were supposed to chew it until there was no flavor. I got like three or four chews in it and my teeth are very <laughs> sensitive and the, the beer's cold and See, it didn't work out yeah. for me. She was making some pretty entertaining faces. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, you're supposed to chew it until there's no flavor because it's supposed to mix with your saliva uh-huh. and only then. And then the other, the other, there's two more facets. Why doesn't he just have you spit it out after it loses all its flavor? Like gum. Because you still need the calories. You still need the energy. I mean, you're still, still absorbing some calories. You, I'm not saying I'm not advocating for bulimia. <laughs> but what I'm you saying s- is... You still need the vapors, Sasha. <laughs> um, so there, there are two more facets to this diet. One, and I feel like this is the part that helped him lose weight. <laughs> you only eat when you are like really hungry. <laughs> See, I could... Like, you just fast until you are violently hungry. Bro... Bro, is he hacking? Is he hacking the biome? He's he's Bowen hacking. He's yeah, a, uh, bro. So and but then and then this is the part that blows my fucking mind is that you eat what you are craving when you are hungry. Okay. So like and only when. So if you're sitting there and you haven't eaten in three days and then it's ten thirteen at night and you want blueberry cheesecake. You could go make a fucking you, blueberry cheesecake. You eat cheesecake. blueberry cheesecake. The only condition is that you chew it until there's no goddamn flavor and it is liquid. And then you swallow it. Uh, no. Which leads me to the third and somehow the most disgusting of this facet. <gasps> or facets of this diet. Uh-huh. How do you know if you're doing it right or not, Sasha? I assume you just have a explosive diarrhea constantly. You have to give your poops a thorough examination. With what? Uh, whatever now i imagine like you're like panning for (laughs) yeah pretty much because his thing if you are not pooping small odorless pebbles you're not (laughs) chewing enough like like a rabbit (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah yeah i don't 
don't. I don't think you'd. I don't think you would be pooping that though, because you're. There's no fiber it, left. Right? It would cause all sort of uh, intestinal. Uh, we'll call it discomfort, euphemistically. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you pretty much weren't normally. Like, I have pooping small odorless pebbles. Quote unquote tummy troubles. And um, so I was told by a doctor to do like a stool sample thing. And when I was given the kit, I was just like, I'm not doing this. (laughs) Did you just never call? Did you switch doctors? I was just like, this is when I ghost my physician. (laughs) So uh, Fletcher wrote one, two, three, four, five, six books on this subject how many books how (laughs) there's not much to write on this it seems excessive yeah uh fun fact two of them the new glutton or epicure and fletcherism what it is or how i became young at 60 are available to read online people have digitized them how how much weight did he lose did he lose weight uh well i'll get to that here in actually just a second okay because i found a really fun primary source Mm-hmm. That was a blast to read because of all the bullshit. Like, <laughs> oh my god, the bull whose shit I smelled reading this article did not chew his food a hundred times because that smelled like, oh my god, so much <laughs> bullshit in this article. Like, I'm just picturing like what I eat for lunch at work and stuff, which is usually like tuna and celery, like as a snack. I'm like, I can't imagine eating <laughs> like chewing tuna a hundred times. Nope. Nope. Couldn't do it. <laughs> so anyway, so he wrote all those books. He toured the country giving talks on Fletcherism. Uh-huh. And so he became pretty widely known. And he earned the nickname The Great Masticator. Yeah, I've heard that one. Yeah, yeah. So if anyone's ever heard that, that's where it's from. Which leads me to this fun primary source. I just feel like I would get lockjaw eventually too. Just right? <laughs> uh, in 1903... Fletcher was 54 years old. Mm -hmm. 54 years young, I believe. And then again in 1907, uh, when he was 58 years old. Mm -hmm. uh, After speaking in his promoting, uh, you know, for the diet, doing his touring, Mm -hmm. uh, twice at those times, Fletcher was invited to Yale to participate in some athletic trials to test just how much his diet helps, right? No, you're still 54, bro. The article states... That the doctor that tested him, and I quote, (laughs) had never seen an individual able to work in the gymnasium with fewer noticeable bad results since he was able to do the work of trained athletes and not give marked evidence of overexertion. So has that doctor never seen (laughs) people before? (laughs) Right. So I'm not going to go into specifics, but some of the crazy shit, like my favorite of them. He lifted, uh, allegedly, I'm going to throw this out there, pretty heavily, allegedly, lifted a 300-pound weight mm-hmm. 350 times uh-huh. with just his right calf, which was, according to the article, twice of the record achieved by any of Yale's student-athletes ever, all despite Fletcher claiming that he did not regularly exercise and had not been trained. I imagine now that his calf was the size <laughs> of like a two-year-old. Right? <laughs> like so that's, he no. did. He supposedly did that test in the 1907 uh, trials. Uh-huh. And I would like to point out that in between the two tests, it said he gained 20 pounds. All muscle, bro. I'm probably going to go ahead and say it was muscle. Uh-huh. And bullshit, that guy was fucking training. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so... 
the article goes on and it quotes at length the guy that tested him and how he did all these things like climb a bunch of stairs, measuring his heart rate afterwards, and how everything was normal and he wasn't sore. Um, the doctors claimed that he got stronger between the sets. Like he, as he got older, <laughs> he somehow improved despite only doing it once every forty years. I would also like um, to point out, like athletes back then would die yeah. under training conditions yeah. today. So he was like crazy <laughs> obese at the time. The first test, I think they said he weighed like 157 pounds. So he was scrawny as shit. Yeah. And then the second test, he weighed like 170 something. Uh, so he he wasn't exactly buff. What was his starting weight when they, he was They didn't say. Just obese. The only source I read that mentioned his weight when he started just said that he was like major obese. Yeah, but again, major obese in the 1800s. He weighed 180. He weighed 180. <laughs> oh, the girth on that one. So my favorite thing about the this article, though, mm -hmm. is that it like catastrophically, scientifically, logically, even common sensibly 100% fails to connect any of this athletic performance to his diet. <laughs> um, like my absolute favorite quote from the article, quote, naturally we have not been able to obtain daily records of the quantity of food taken by Mr. Fletcher during the past four years. Observations made from time to time confirmed his general statement as to his health. You know what that means? We're taking his word for it. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, what did you eat yesterday? Oh, I didn't eat anything for I yeah, practiced yeah. Fletcherism. I, I had a piece of lettuce. There's this dude named Graham touring yeah. the place. He's, he's super cool. Yeah, I chewed um, it like a hundred times. Yeah, they did zero fact checking, and then they basically just had him do a bunch of tests. And this is Yale. Yale, yeah. Good yeah, job, yeah, yeah. Yale. Yeah, this is why Harvard looks down on you. Uh -huh. um, they also like don't point out at all that, like I said, that the dude put put on like twenty pounds in those four years. Um, all muscle. Yeah. In but one calf. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's what he did. He just sat there and just like... So, needless to say, the public being the public, it's like that old adage where a person is intelligent, but people are dumb. Yeah. Uh, the public was like, fuck yeah, Fletcherism, and it all just kind of like took off, even though like actual doctors employed by places apparently better than early 1900s Yale were like... Okay, one, these doctors are quacks. Yeah. Fletcher's a moron. And anything that Fletcherism tells you to do is actually really bad for your intestines. Like, don't do but that. But intermittent fasting, bro. <laughs> I do that. Do you? Yeah. Well, I do not. <laughs> well, I mean. She says shamelessly. <laughs> uh, I mean, I sleep for like eight-ish hours and that's, I don't eat that's, then. That's... <laughs> doesn't count um uh, i think it does though <laughs> uh so fletcher's critics described him and his followers as a cult which is my favorite thing diets um, become cults yeah he's described as like the original fad dieter mm -hmm. um but like all fad diets it faded he died in 1919 at age 69 nice oh yeah oh uh, he died of bronchitis um, because some of the liquid from what he was <laughs> chewing got in his lungs and got infected. Maybe. Uh, so, but by the time he died, even then, the diet was already going out of fashion uh, because there was this new thing that was coming up. Calories? Whoa, and, bro. Yeah, like, like actual science. And you have to like count them and shit. Right? Mm -hmm. So uh, my, my sources for this, uh, Chew, Chew, Chew by Deborah Franklin on NPR.org. Uh, Horace Fletcher, the great masticator. 
on the hilariously named drmerkin.com. <laughs> like, that makes me so happy. Uh, Fletcherism, the hilariously weird fad diet on, and I'm, I don't even know what the fuck this is, djuvlonskopf.com. I don't know what the fuck that yeah. is or who the fuck wrote it, but it was it was good information. But the amazing primary source, The Influence of Diet on Endurance and General Efficiency by Professor Russell H. Chittenden of Yale, which was published in Popular Science Monthly in December of 1907. I mean, somebody should get their doctorate rescinded for yeah. that work. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that guy had to go back to school. And I feel like that's not, it isn't a diet. Nope. Because I feel like diets like restrict you more. Yeah. So and and this uh, I saw something, but it it didn't have like any sort of a citation. Mm-hmm. Most everything did. Like it had links to like his books or something. This yeah. wasn't cited, so I didn't include it. Said that he was kind of fond towards like lighter eating, you know, yeah. like not to overdo like sugars and shit like that. Mm-hmm. But if he went from like morbidly obese to like 150 pounds in a couple of years that that kind of makes sense though that he wasn't big on that shit i mean he was probably anorexic or bulimic or something yeah that yeah eating disorders uh so that that's it for diets uh-huh and, um, and new year's we despite diet responsibly if you're gonna diet yeah, yeah. i prefer you don't because Despite Sasha's pessimism, I believe in every dieter out there for New Year's. I don't because it's not a sustainable lifestyle. Dieting? No. Yeah, it is. That's why everybody fluxes. <laughs> That's why you have to roll me out of the room when we leave here. <laughs> I just roll her down the stairs. Uh-huh. Uh, on good days, <laughs> she bounces four times. It's like Indiana um, Jones and... Sean's behind me, and I'm like the big boulder. <laughs> and I and Ben's Ben, the tech guy, is at the bottom of the stairs, just running. Fuck! <laughs> Not again. Uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Yep, yep. Uh, listen to us uh, wherever. Really? Yeah. I mean, you're listening to us currently, so I feel like you know where yeah. to listen to us. Keep it up. Yeah. Whatever you're job. doing, you go, girl. Um, but if if by some chance you decide to try something new and we're not there, look somewhere else. Yeah, we're always uh, on Spotify, though. Always. They are our supreme overlords. All hail Spotify. Uh, when you tell your friends about lax historical context. Tell them we said something interesting. 